Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. God is good. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now I may be talking a little faster this morning. Throwing a few scriptures out because I don't always have time to turn in the first service. But you guys can write or put it in your phone. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. We've been talking about faith. Amen. Y'all already forgot since last Sunday. We've been talking about faith. <clears throat> Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things you hope for. If you don't have hope for anything, you're going to get exactly what you hope for. Where do you put your hope? Where do you put your trust? Where do you put your confidence? You put it in God's word. I mean, think of somebody in your life that you really do trust, that you put confidence in their word, that when they say they're going to do something, they say something, it is the truth. You can bank on it. You can take it to the bank. Well, God said, how much more am I, right? Number says, God's not a man that he would lie. Even the best man, the best woman, that's the most credible person in your life that you can think of, the most trustworthy person in your life is far not superior, right? To what God said he is. He said, I'm a man, I'm not a, even a man that I would lie. Amen? And so uh, that, first of all, you need to put your faith in what? what you, you don't put your faith in your faith. You put your faith in God's word. You stuff it in God's word. You find something that says, this is a promise he made. This is what he said he's either gonna give me or he's already given me through the cross, through the blood of his cross. Your faith is not in yourself. You're not, your faith is not in what you did, what you didn't do, how, how well you performed, all your mistakes. What do you put your faith in? The Bible says it's faith through the blood of Jesus. Your faith is in the blood, in the blood alone. He did it all. So you're gonna have to talk to your conscience. You're gonna have to talk to your mind and say, my faith is in the blood. My faith is in the blood. I may not be all that. I may not be hot, but my faith is not in my hotness and how great I am and how wonderful I am. My faith is in the blood and the blood alone. And so people that deal with guilt and shame a lot, they've got to get on those verses that say, my righteousness is of him. My faith is in the blood. If we confess our faults, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9. Well, I don't feel like I'm cleansed. It's not how you feel. Your feelings always follow your thoughts. One day you can feel good about your wife and one day you can't. One day if you think good thoughts, if I think good thoughts about my husband, I feel good about him. If I'm thinking about one thing that he's doing that just drives me nuts, that's never changed, I feel bad about him. So what should I do? Come on, there's a lot of good stuff about my husband. I start, okay, God, I thank you. You start thanking him. You start thanking him for the good things that you have in your life. That's faith. That's faith in the goodness of God and what he has done in the past for you. I thank you I have a good husband. I thank you he does this, he does that, he does that. He's a man of God. I hate this about him, but hey, all those other, <laughs> all those other eight things or 10 or 20, 30 things, stop dwelling on the one or two things that drive you absolutely nuts. I choose what I think about. And so when I start thinking good about him and all the good he's done and how wonderful these things are, I just really love him and want to go on a date with him. And I want to be with him. Get your mind turned around. Amen? So faith is a substance. Hebrews 11.1. 1. I did start out with that. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is a substance of things what? Hope for. What are you expecting? You're going to get exactly what you're expecting. Put your expectation on the word of God. Don't put pressure on people. Don't put pressure on people. Don't put your expectation on people. Well, I, I, I thought I expected them to act this way. I expected them to do this for me. I expected maybe they should have, maybe they shouldn't have. But stop putting your expectation and your pressure on people. Put your pressure and then stop putting it on yourself. Ah, I'm gonna muscle through this. I'm gonna make this happen. You ain't muscling through squat. You might muscle through some things in your life, but you might, you might what, what does Pastor Mark Hankins say? You might get what you want, 
but you not, may not want what you got. You might in the beginning get what you want, but you may not want what you got. So stop muscling through stuff and saying, I'm gonna make this happen. Put your pressure, put your faith in the word of God. Say, I put my pressure on the word of God alone. This is my desire, this is what I want. Jesus, I'm putting my pressure on the, on the word of God and the word of God alone, I hold nobody accountable. I hold nobody responsible for my desires and what I want. And you just see what you want. You say, I have what God, is, what God has put in my heart. I have it. I have it now. But you got you to gotta let God do it. Got to let God do it. You got to do it scripturally. Got to do it his way. Or you're going to be ending up with an Ishmael. You don't want an Ishmael from Hagar. You don't want the midwife's son. You want Isaac. And so you can't help God. Well, I can do this part. I can half muscle through this and I'll let God do the other half. Doesn't work that way. It's either all God or all nothing, right? It's all God or it's nothing. He's either gonna come through you or he's not. And he said he's not a man that he'd lie. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says faith is substance. It is substance from the fourth dimension. Maybe you can't feel it. Maybe you can't touch it. But as, it, as we go down in, in verse three, it says, we understand. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed out by the word of God so that the things that we can see, feel, and touch were not made from things that are visible. Everything you see, everything you feel, everything you touch, your body, people, chairs, substance in this earth, everything you see was not made from what you can see. This chair did not make this chair. A tree didn't make a tree. A seed didn't make a seed. It says it all came from the invisible world. So that invisible world, even though it's invisible to your physical eyeballs, it is more real than your third dimension world that you live in. And when you start to come up higher and get into that fourth dimension, spirit thinking, spirit world, you will see how real that world is. So faith is substance well, I can't really feel it. Why do you limit everything to what you actually can feel Amen. in this natural world? You are so low. Yeah. Don't be so low. Come up higher. You're spirit man. You're spirit woman. You're not a body walking around. You're spirit man. You're spirit woman. You got a soul. You live in a body, but you are spirit. Amen. Amen. So it is the evidence of things that you can't see. It is evidence. So I'll say it this way. Faith gives substance to those things that you hope for. It gives substance to those things that you hope for. Now, I wrote out a sermon last night, and it was really, really good. But then I got, <laughs> then I got up this morning, and I'm like, I, I don't want to preach that. I don't want to preach that part of it. Maybe I'll do that next week. But then I got a few verses, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Faith gives substance right? Faith gives substance. What are we putting our faith in? God's word. What did he say? If you don't know what he said, yeah, you, you have no framework. If you don't ever read your Bible, yeah, you don't have squat. You'd have squat to stand on, to dream on, to expect, to believe. Faith, faith works and it works by love. It works by you walking in love. You loving God and you loving people like you want to be loved. Right? That's the way faith works. But faith is not automatic. It's not just automatic. He said he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. And so you need to say, I have faith. And I can grow my faith. I can work it out like I work out in the gym. But you're going to have to get yourself in that Bible where faith words are. Amen. And you're going to have to immerse yourself in what God said, not what you feel, not what you think, not what somebody else thinks, not Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You need to get in that faith book, right? Amen, F-A-I-T-H. Maybe we need to start a faith book, right? But the truth is, is that it's not automatic and it's not just coming to you and dropping off because you're a sweet Christian. It's gone everything that you need and desire in this life. You've, you got it first by Romans 10, 9, and 10. 
let's go there. Ah, oh, there's nobody out there on the media. It's like, go to Romans 8, right? Romans, Romans 10, verse 8. Let's go there, because that's how you got saved, amen? Romans 8, 10, uh, 8. Romans 10, sorry. <laughs> Wake up, girl. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. What does it say? No, I don't want to do that. Romans 6, uh, 10, verse 6, but the righteousness of faith, start with verse 6. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, well, who's going to run up to heaven and bring him down so he can answer my prayer? Who's going to descend into the abyss and bring Christ up from the dead? There's only one person that brought Christ up from the dead. And who was that? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And in Romans 8, uh, 8, 11, well, it's Romans chapter 8. It says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he's the only one that went down into the abyss to raise Jesus from the dead. Since that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken and make alive your mortal body. I say that almost every day of my life. The same spirit, the same Holy Ghost that went down into the pit and got Jesus out dwells in me. He'll quicken my mortal body. You believe God raised him from the dead? Yes, he did. God raised Jesus from the dead through the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives inside of you. You need to recognize him. You need to honor him. You need to talk to him. Father, I thank you that the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, you dwell in me. I'm your temple. Some of you need to clean up your temple. And you can. And you can. Romans 6 says, whoever you yield yourself to obey, that's whose servant you will be. Either a slave unto righteousness or a slave unto sin. But it says, but thanks be to God, he says, but sin shall not have dominion over you. If sin has dominion over you right now, that's because you want it. And you just want to do it. But it's not because you have the nature of the devil. And if you're truly born again, you're miserable. <laughs> if you keep living in it, you're miserable. You got something scratching on the inside going, Rah, I don't like it. Well, who doesn't like it? It's the Holy Ghost is living in that temple. He's like, I don't like this. I don't like where I'm living, but he's in you. And Romans 6 says, sin shall have no control over you. Amen. Now you take control over it. So I don't have to do it. I don't want to do it and don't have to do it. You don't have to sin a little bit every day. You don't have to cuss a little bit every day. You don't have to be mean a little bit every day. But, if you, but you, you can go a whole day without sinning. But you're going to get your head in the Bible and go, this is who I am. I don't have to do this. Amen? So verse, where am I? Verse 6. Oh, somebody's up there rocking it. You rock it. Amen? Gosh, Colleen, I love you. Romans chapter 10, verse 6. Verse 6. Now we're on verse 7. Or who will descend into the, ab the abyss, hell, to bring Christ up from the dead? The Holy Spirit, that's the only one who will do that. But what does it say? The word is near you. He, he's actually preaching the Old, Old Testament scripture. What does it say? The word is near you. The word is near you. Well, what did Jesus say? Come on, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. The word is near you, even in your mouth. If you don't have the word in your mouth, you don't have squat. Yeah. That's good. Nothing's happening if you don't have the word in your mouth and in your heart. So it's not enough just to have it in your heart. Yeah. The Bible says, Psalms 119, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You got to put your, the word in your heart first. So when the word of God was preached to you first, when you got saved to God, uh, saved whenever you got saved many years ago or or soon ago or whenever the word of God came into your heart. He said, but the, he said, it's near you in your mouth and in your heart. That's the word of faith, which we preach. So it came and it hit your heart first. And then with your mouth, you said, Jesus, I do accept what you did for me. Be my Lord. And that's when you were saved. Not just it being in your heart. 
and leaving it alone is a two-step process. So you always need to go back to this scripture here and go, well, if this is how I got saved, this is how I'm gonna receive and get everything else I need in life. Because he wouldn't just leave you with that. He's just gonna die and go to heaven now. You have nothing else to look forward to while you're here on this life. You're gonna trudge through the heat and the cold, but at least you got Jesus. No, Jesus, what does 1 John 3, 8 say? 1 John 3, 8 says, for this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. You rock, Colleen. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Ah, go back. No, 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 no. For this purpose, the Son of God, why did he even come? Do you know this scripture? Do you know where to turn to this? Is this in your heart? I'm quoting it because I've read it a lot. Not because I'm trying to memorize scriptures. I've read it and I've read it because I'm dealing with things in my own life, in my own house. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing bad, who went about doing bad. No, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. If you're oppressed, and possessed and obsessed, that is of the devil. If you are oppressed, obsessed, or possessed, that is of the devil. Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were feeling bad. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. If you feel oppressed, if you feel beat down, if you feel upset, whatever, whatever you feel, that's bad is of the devil. And 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And what are you? You are the perpetuator of that new covenant. You are to carry that out. He's up there. Jesus is up there. Seated on the right hand of God. He doesn't have any right in this earth yet, except through your voice and through your mouth through his body. He's the head. He tells you what to do. He's got the word there and he tells you in your heart what to do. And then you have to carry it out. If you don't carry it out, your little hands, you're the hands, you're the feet, you're the arms, you're the shoulders. If you don't move that body, that head's just stuck. And he's going to try to go through somebody else. Amen. Because he's going to get his purpose done, but he's moving through his body. Amen. And so You need to say every day for this purpose, the son of God was manifested for me that he might destroy the works of the devil. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good, healing all. Nobody was left out. Do all people receive their healing? No, but you receive it by faith. You said it, I believe it, this is mine. This is mine. It's not automatic. You don't just think it. You're just like, oh, well, he died on the cross. I'm saved. I'm good. You don't just sit like a bump on a log. No, you're going to have to fight for this. And you fight the good fight of faith because Satan is still the God of this world and he's still after your soul. He's still even after Christians. He's after everybody. He doesn't work his heart on the sinners because he's already got them. They're on their way to hell. But you, he's after. Get over it. You're a target. He wants to drag you back to hell if he can. And if he can't, then he's going to make your life slap miserable if he can because he is the God of this world and he hates the children of light and he's like really got a really big chip on his shoulder. And so he sends out his demons. I'm going to discourage him. I'm going to do everything I can. And you better know who you are in Christ. You better know who you are in Christ. What's Matthew 18 say? This is all faith. We're talking about faith. Why? The word is near you in your mouth. In Romans 10, in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith, which we preach. You better put that word that's in your heart in your mouth. I didn't even finish reading that. And so I should. That if you confess... With your what? Mouth. 
with your, with your, whoops, uh-oh, with your mind? No, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That means the Lordship of Jesus. And you, and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Two things, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. That's faith in the blood. You're made righteous only through faith in the blood and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's not enough just to believe in your heart. You gotta make that confession with your mouth. For with the confession now is made unto salvation. Soteriology, sozo, soteriology, sozo. What does that mean? Healing, deliverance, everything that Jesus bought and paid for. That is what salvation is. Amen. And then what's the next, I love the next scripture. We never read it much. Verse 11, it says this. It says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be what? Will not be put to shame. Lord, I believe on you. Lord, I believe. I'll not be put to shame. I'll not be put to shame in this matter and in what I'm believing for. Amen. The same way you got saved is the same way you're going to receive everything else you need. Salvation is the biggest gift. You're not going to hell anymore. And so now you don't have to walk in hell. You don't get saved and go, now I got to walk in hell the rest of my life and my body and my mind. That doesn't even make sense. That is a messed up God. But you know better than that. You might have heard that from the Baptist church or some church, but that's not what your Bible says. And so you need to read your Bible. I'll have a Bible war with you any day. I mean, in love. You know, you, some, people come up, <laughs> some people come up with the craziest stuff. And I'm like, where, can you show me where that is in your Bible? Well, my pastor said, I don't care squat. Who said what? I want you to show me the verse of what you're saying. Well, I heard, where's the verse? Is it memorized? Is it in your heart? And sometimes people will quote verses because they think they're, they, got, they got an edge on something and they've totally taken it out of context. Totally have taken it out of context. You need to read the verses before that verse. You need to read the verses after that verse. You need to put it all together. Don't just have a turkey at Thanksgiving, have the dressing, have the cornbread pudding, have the pumpkin pie. No, you, you got to put it all together. Whatever it is you like at Thanksgiving, put it all together. Don't just set a turkey on the table and go blah, blah, blah. That is, your family's not going to be real happy with that. They want all the fixings. They want all the good stuff. Don't just pick a scripture out in the air and go, well, you, listen, people can make the Bible say anything they want if they do that. Pick one scripture out and go, every Christian here is damned to hell because the Bible says that, you know, he who practices sin is of the devil. So you, you sin, so you're of the devil. Well, maybe you didn't read the scriptures before that. And the scripture, it says, he who, he who sins is of the devil. Maybe you didn't go a little bit deeper and go and find out what that really says. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. It says, he who practices sin as a way of life and never changes. I'm sorry. You're not a Christian if you do that. I have to, I have to, I have to question if you even have Jesus in your heart. Amen? The word is nigh you in your mouth and in your heart. Start saying what God said about you. Start at least agree with God. At least agree with them and say, Jesus, this is what you said. This is what I have. And I receive it by faith. Faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, gives substance to the things that you hope for. And it is the evidence of things that you can't see. Matthew 18 is very important. Matthew 18.18. 18. Uh, some of you know who Norville Hayes is. Some of you don't. His daughter, Zona, had 30 Worth growths, growths on her body when she's going to high school. I mean, can you imagine a young lady going to high school and has 30 wart growths on her body? They were visible. People could see them. No 
woman, especially a young lady that age, wants to be walking into high school. You, you, you know, you're wearing stuff down to your sleeve. You're always wearing long pants. You're just covered. I mean, who knows? She might have had some on her face. I, I don't know. He, he didn't get specific about that. But he had never heard about how to believe God for things like that. And he'd pray and pray. He prayed for like three years because she'd had them all through high school. And now she's in her senior year or, or junior. And he just prayed, Lord, please heal my daughter. Lord, please, I know you're a good God. He knew enough that he was a good God. He said, please heal my daughter. And finally, the Lord, the Lord took him to heaven one night because he just, you know, he's just sick over all this. And he took him up to heaven and Jesus was, was really mad like, he said, like, this is your fault. He said, what, what do you mean, Lord? He says, that doesn't go any, that doesn't go over good in heaven when you say, what do you mean, Lord? Like, this is my fault. You, you know, if Jesus says something's your fault, you just stand there and you listen to him. And you're like, okay, proceed, right? You, you don't answer back and go, what do you mean? Like, you don't, like, you know, retort. And so he said, well, he said, why do you allow these warts on your daughter's body? He's like, what do you mean, why do I allow it? Matthew 18, put it up on the screen. And Jesus quoted this verse to him. I'm kind of botching the story. He tells it much more funnier and better. But he said, didn't you ever hear? Assuredly, I say to you, I'd love for you to find the Amplified, A-M-P-C, if you can, Amplified classic, but Amplified's good. Surely I say to you, in a minute, try to find that version. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you bind, not what Jesus binds, whatever you bind on earth. Ah, oh, here we go, thank you. Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on this earth, in your life, in your family, in your children, in your grandchildren, in your husband, in your wife, whatever you forbid, and you call improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. Well, is Satan forbidden in heaven? If the works of the devil, if he came to destroy the works of the devil, then are those forbidden in heaven? Yes, there's no devils and demons and, 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 and those kind of things in heaven. So he said, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on this earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what's already permitted in heaven. What's permitted in heaven? Joy, peace, healing, life, a sound mind. I forbid it. And Jesus told that to Norval Hayes. He said, it's your fault. You're the head of that house. And nobody can do anything for your daughter but you. You go down there and you curse those warts and you declare them to be improper and unlawful. And you don't permit this in your house. You're the head of this house. Everything that happens in your house, Norval, is your fault because you're the man of that home. You're the head of this house. And you allowed that. He got an awakening and he went back down into his body and he walked into Zona's room. I don't know the details if he laid hands on her or whatever he just spoke. He said, I curse those warts and those growths on your body. In Jesus' name, I speak to you warts. You die. You get off her body. In Jesus' name. The next morning, she woke up, came down the hall. She's getting ready for school and she was doing what every girl would do if she's excited, screaming, like he tells, pastor tells a story about Che, screaming, screaming, Wah! they're gone, daddy, they're gone, they're gone. Whether it happens the next day or in 30 days, keep your confession, hold fast. Jesus said, hold fast to that confession. You, don't, you declare that improper and unlawful. No, Satan, everything that's evil, everything that's bad, I, I declare that improper and unlawful. I don't permit you on my family, on my children, on my grandchildren. You, you have a scope of influence over your household. You may not be able to say that over everybody, but you definitely can say it in your own life first. Why don't you begin to master it in your own life first, then start over your family. And then your faith will grow and you'll be able to get the devil off other people. Right. Now they have a will and, and, and there's different things and I'm not talking about that today. But what I am talking about is your will. You can start 
where you are. Luke 10, 19 says, behold, I give you the authority. Not Jesus. I give you the authority. What are you allowing in your home? That's faith. That's faith. Jesus said it. These are words Jesus said. Now I'm stuffing that into my faith structure. I just don't have faith in my faith. I'm putting faith, I'm putting pressure on the word. So you have to look at the word. If you don't ever look at the word, you don't, you don't have any strength. My words are spirit and their life. If you don't ever read the word, you're not ever healthy. You're skinny. Your spirit's skinny. It's weak. Your body might be strong because you go to the gym, but your, your spirit is a skinny weakling. I'd rather you be a strong, muscle-bound spirit man than even in your body, even though we need to do both, you know? But I'm just saying, it, you have to spend time. Put the word. The word is near you, in your mouth. If you don't have it in your mouth, you're not gonna have it in your life. Well, I don't quite believe it yet. Say it until you believe it. You do need to believe it. But start somewhere. Say it until you believe it. You can, you can go back there. Where were you? <laughs> Behold, I give you the authority. I don't even see the clock. <laughs> All right. 9.37, I'm good. I'm glad I have my phone up there. I hope nobody calls me. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. What does all mean? If it's bad, it's all. All bad stuff. I give you, Jesus said, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You wake up sick one morning, you say, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Yeah, that's right. Well, I threw up. Well, I went to the bathroom. Who cares? Amen. Nothing shall by any means hurt you in between throw-ups. Amen? Nothing shall by any means hurt. I don't have to throw up. I don't have to do this. I don't have, I rebuke you symptoms. Yeah. I rebuke you fever. Jesus rebuked it. I read to you last week or some week, John 14, he said, the works that I do, 14, 12, the works that I do, you will do also. John 14, 12, the works that I do, you will do also. Well, if he did the works, then you can do the works. If he rebuked uh, Peter's mother-in-law's fever and it left her, then why can't you? He said the works, it's not just in there for, for you to go, oh, how wonderful and how crazy great is Jesus. No, he said, the works that I do, you're going to do also. You need to walk around in your house and say, the works that I do, he'll, uh, the works that he did, I will do also. And then he said, greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father. He says, now I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you as my extension, my hands, my feet to carry out what I started until I return. That's what Matthew 28 is about. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now you go. You go. What does that mean? You go carry on what I left. Whatever I was doing, you go now, body of Christ, and carry it on. Right? So if nothing shall by any means hurt you, something stings you, aren't you getting a little extreme? Do you want to live in freedom? I've got stung by stingrays where electricity shot up my body. I thought I was going to be paralyzed. You know, I remember that as a young lady, as a young um, 16, 15. My mother, she had started learning this stuff. She was new in the faith, but she had started learning this stuff. She wasn't new Christian. And she just said, no, she didn't allow it. She grabbed me. She said, no, in Jesus' name, I command that pain to leave her body in Jesus' name. And the pain left. I didn't want to get back in the ocean because they were all out there, you know. We had to wait for them all to leave. But, you know, you're just like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> that did not feel good. She said, get back in that ocean. Wow. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't really say that stuff a lot. She's like, come on, let's get back in the water. You can't be afraid to be in the water because this happened to you. You have dominion. We have dominion over that pain. And that, at that point, I didn't know what kind of dominion I had. I'm just 16. I'm 15. I'm learning. Coming to a brand new church now, learning these things. But later, later, way later in life, I, I, I read in Genesis 1, 26 through whatever. 
and Psalms 8, I read that I have dominion over everything that passes through the paths of the seas and the lakes. When I go out and go skiing, I I don't on purpose go jump in in, in a pile of alligators just to prove the word of God is true. But I believe he's given us the lakes. He's given us things to enjoy. So that's my lake. He's put me there. I know that's the place. And so I know there's an alligator out there. I see him, you know. Usually the old guys, the old Florida guys, will catch them and put them in their freezer. But for some reason, this guy's been hanging around for a little while, so he's kind of growing. I'm like, I'm, I'm texting the alligator catcher. I'm like, you need to get Joe out of the lake. You know, you need to get old Sam out of the lake. He's like, I'm working on it. But the truth is, is that it's not going to stop me from water skiing. You know, and I just take dominion. I'm like, nothing in this lake's going to hurt me. You know, and so that, that's the way this happened with my mother. Behold, I give you the authority. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen? You need to say those things. All right, so what do you do in the meantime? Jesus said, have the faith of God. Why? Because he put that faith in you. Mark eleven twenty three. We can go there. We've been there before, but it doesn't hurt you to go again. Have faith in God. Or one translation says, have the faith of God. Operate with the God kind of faith, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed. In Matthew um, 16, or maybe it's the first part of 18, or 20, Matthew 21, he says, you'll not only do what I did to the fig tree, but also. Matthew 21. Let's read Matthew 21. No one ever reads Matthew 21. Everybody reads Mark 11, 23. But let's read Matthew 21. I like the way it says it. Surely, uh, I was right. Chapter 21, Matthew 21, verse 20. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did that fig tree wither away so soon? Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you. When Jesus said, I'm telling you the truth, he's really telling you the truth, okay? That's what assuredly means. I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also, everybody say, I'll not only do what Jesus did, but also, everybody say, but also. Those are two really big words, but also. That means if anything else, anything else. He said, but also, if you say to this mountain, what's a mountain? It's a mountain can be a physical mountain, but it also can be a mountain in your life. But also, if you say to this mountain, be what? Be removed. You, you, you need to start talking to some mountains in your life and telling them to be removed. You be removed off my husband, you foul devil. You be removed off my husband, you foul sickness. You foul this, you foul that. You get, you get off my household. You get off my children. You get off my, ch- my grandchildren. I'm the head of this house. No, I know my husband and I are head together, but in the spirit, we're the head. We decide what happens and what doesn't happen, evil or good. I don't allow this on my son. I don't allow this on my daughter. I don't allow this in my house in Jesus' name. You can take authority in your own household. You live in the household. You have a domain. You have a sphere. You know, you say, no, I don't allow this in my sphere. I don't allow this in my atmosphere. You foul devil, you get off my home. In Jesus' name, amen. He said, also, if you say, if you say, S-A-Y, if you say, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. It will be done. Say, it will be done. And whatever you ask, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. You need to say, I have this. I have it. Thank you, Jesus. I have it. I've received it by faith. I don't know how I'm going to get it. I don't know how God's going to get it to to me. I I don't know how this is going to work out. You don't have to know how. You just need to say, I've got it. Come on, the, the God that made the universe and there's all these universes within universes and, and the galaxies within galaxies and one star you can see in the Hubble telescope and then it opens up and it's a whole nother galaxy. Come on, the God of the universe who made this world out of just speaking the word can fix your little problem. Amen? Amen? But you need to say, he said, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. If you don't get your mouth hooked up to your heart, you only got half the battle won. You're not going to get full victory. Well, I was thinking it. It's not just enough to read the Bible and say, I'm good for the day. Now start saying what you read. Psalms, it says, I don't know the, I don't know the passage, 
Blessed be the Lord God who daily loads us with benefits. Do you say that over yourself every day? Blessed be the Lord God who daily, if you don't read and you don't study the Bible, there's nothing really inside of you for the Holy Ghost to bring to your remembrance. However, he will have mercy on you. He'll have mercy on you and if you pray and pray in tongues, he will bring stuff up that is in his Bible and then he'll have you, have you find it later. But if you, don't, if you don't speak the word, read the word and find out what's in your covenant, and that's what we're gonna talk about next week is covenant, covenant. And what that really means, Jesus is your blood brother. The word covenant means to cut and to let blood flow. It's been going on a long time in many tribal countries, but it's a big deal. And even God did that with Abraham. And no, he didn't cut your arm and mix blood with your arm physically, but he did it, he did it in Abraham and through his son, Isaac and Jesus were the perpetuators. And so we'll explain how that all worked last week. But you're his blood, bro- you're his blood sister or brother. He is your blood brother. He's your blood brother. And so everything he has is yours. And everything you have is his. And he doesn't take kindly to break in the covenant. And I will say this about love. Faith works by love. If you have a child of God here and a child of God here, and this one continues to disobey and not walk in love toward his fellow man, but this one is obeying and walking in love, he's got to make a differentiation between the two. And even though he or she is born again, he's broken or she's broken covenant. And she can get right back in, he, she. But at some point, what does God have to honor? He honors covenant. And when you break covenant, you open yourself wide up to the devil. Because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if you walk towards the darkness, his hands are off. That's why in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, you're not considering each other in the body of Christ. You're not walking in love. He said that in 1 Corinthians 11. You come into your houses, we don't do that here, but this is just an example. You come into your houses, getting ready to take communion, and this group comes early, starts, it was a supper. They start eating and drinking and getting drunk before these people even get off work and are able to come in. You're coming in to take the Lord's meal. So people were coming in anytime they wanted, start eating, get drunk, not waiting for the other ones to come in and eat with them and take the Lord's Supper together. And he's like, this is not making me happy. He says, you're not discerning the Lord's body. Two things, you're not discerning the body of of Christ physically, spiritually, you're not discerning his body, you're not respecting it, you're not honoring it, and you're not discerning the body of Christ around you, his body. And he said, for this reason, many of you are weak and sick, and many of you sleep. The only reason a Christian, two main reasons a Christian is sick and dies prematurely, either they've got unforgiveness in their heart and are not walking in love or they just lack knowledge. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. So that's how that is. So right now I'm kind of working on the knowledge part. Amen. Amen. So what do you do in the meantime? I will say this, I don't have a lot of time left, but I will say this. We are 9.50, so I need to stop in five minutes. All right, 1 John 5.14. How do you have faith? Well, nope, put your finger in there and let's go to John 16. I'm gonna read it, John 16.23. John 16.23. In that day you'll ask me nothing, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking to us too. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, 
Now, I want to say this at John 14, what I read you, the works that I do, you'll do also, and greater works than these you'll do because I go to my Father, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. That's a whole different prayer than what I'm talking about right now in John 16. Whatever, what, whatever in 14 means whatever you demand in my name, you make a demand on my name and it will be done. That's different than what I'm reading you now. Now we're talking about asking the Father, okay? It says, in that day you'll ask me nothing, but most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father now in my name, he will give you, right? These are things that they're not necessarily provided specifically in detail in the covenant. You, 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 you're able to have that, like asking for a husband, asking for a wife, you know, it's not in the Bible, Chloe shall marry James Brown, you know, it's not there, you know, you got to ask, Lord, who do you want me to have? And I'm asking you to send them to me, or at least, you know, put them in my path and, and help me know when they come, right? And so the, the, this is what he's talking about. And those specifics, where do I live? Where's the right place? In that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, in my name, he will give to you. Uh, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Asking you will what? Receive. Asking you'll receive that your joy may be full. You say, I believe I receive now this in Jesus' name. If you're believing for a spouse, set a place at the table for him. I don't know, when you go out to Foxtails or Starbucks, get a chair, pull it up beside you, order a coffee for him and say, this is my husband. Yeah, he's a little bit invisible right now. This is my wife, whatever. But hey, that's what people do. That's how people get babies. They start putting the high chair, they buy a high chair. Come on, we, we've had miracles happen. We told a woman, we're like, you, you go get a high chair, you go get the baby clothes, you, you, you get it up to the table like you're feeding the baby, you get the bottle out, you get the bowls, whatever, and you put a place at the table for that baby. And you say, I have a baby, but, but I'm barren. I have a baby. The Bible says that no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. Receive that word as your own word. Wrap your faith around it. That's your hope. That's your expectation. That's your confidence. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't finish. I didn't finish John. In that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked with nothing in my name, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. And verse 26, in that day, you will ask in my name. Because he's not there anymore in the body. He says, he says up until now, you, you went through me to get to the Father. He says, now you just got to say in my name, right? In Jesus' name. In that day, you'll ask in my name. I do not say to you that I'll pray the Father for you. I'm not going to ask the Father for you. You just have to say in the name of Jesus and it's done. Amen. For the Father, what? Verse 27, for the Father himself loves you. Why does he love you? Why does God God, the big God, the angry God of the Old Testament. No, the Father himself loves you. And because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God, why does God the Father love you? Because you love Jesus. You can't have faith unless you know and believe that God, God loves you. That's where you get your confidence from. Not just the word, but yes, the word that says God himself loves you. Why? Because you love Jesus and you believe that God sent Jesus to you. That's only the two reasons God loves you. If you love my son, I love you. If you don't love my son, you know, it said God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loved the world, but not all the world's going to heaven. It's their choice. So I'm going to say one last verse and then we're going to talk about covenant next week. Covenant means to cut and let blood flow. Amen. So that's going to be good. So 1 John 5.14. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to finish that one. 1 John 5.14. Whoop, she's not there yet, so I better turn because I'm late. I'm late. What was that jump rope term? Something about kissing a snake or something. How many, how many doctors did it take? Why did that just hit me in my mind? I do not know. All right. I'm not going to kiss no snake. Amen. I'm not even being recorded. Hallelujah. Now this is the confidence. Come on. First, first John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence. Where do you get the confidence? This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, what is his will? I don't know what his will is. 
His word is his will. Let's start there. His word is his will. That's a good place to start. Start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the way to Revelation. If you can memorize that word and get it in your heart, you will know what the will of God is. Even if you never read the Old Testament, if you read Matthew through Revelation, you will know what the will of God is. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask Eva and Evelie and Abram and Tracy, whatever you ask, we know, not we hope now, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Once you put your faith inside that verse, inside the structure of that verse, you say, I have it. Oh, hallelujah. What do you do in the meantime? You don't keep saying, you, you keep saying, but you, now you start rejoicing. Hallelujah. We'll talk about that next week. James 1, count it all joy, all joy, all joy. All joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And then he said, let patience have its perfect work. So you will be perfect, mature, entire, complete, lacking nothing. Amen. Man, I just gave you guys a bunch of sermons today. Authority, you know, joy, you know, believing God, but it's all wrapped up in faith. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for the goodness of God. I hope my peeps out there wrote all these scriptures down, wrote these references down so they can go and they can get the word of God in their heart. Because the Bible says in Psalms that the entrance of thy words giveth light. And God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So I say we fill our hearts, our bodies, and our souls with light. Light heals. The light of God heals. Say, Heavenly Father, I make a commitment today that I'll put the word of God in my heart and in my mouth. The word of faith. And I love you, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give... To the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.